Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. God's good. The devil's crazy. He's losing it. Losing it, losing it. He knows his time is short and he's going around like a roaring lion. Big mouth. Big microphone, little mouse. Is my speaker am I am I on? How come? I'm on? Yeah, you're on. I'm on. I'm on. Are you on? Hallelujah. Well, praise you, Jesus. I want to talk to you tonight about um, what we started on Sunday. Um, because I'm convinced of this, that the original sin, of course, we looked at it on Sunday, is pride. And it's what got, it's what got Satan kicked out of, the gar- out of heaven. And it's what got Adam kicked out of the garden. And um, what I've noticed in my own life, maybe you haven't experienced this, but pride comes naturally. Humility it requires some effort, and it's a daily thing because because I realized that when when my natural father gave birth to me, I got some attributes from him, and it wasn't until I got born again that I got the attributes of Jesus. But then then there's always the the mind renewal. You you have to be working on it all the time. That's why Paul the apostle said, "I die every day." Like he had. He, he had some pride issues early in his life and talked about them, too. He, he, he boldly talked about them, about, you, you know, how he acted and what it cost him. And so uh, we're going to continue on with that tonight. I, I heard Creflo Dollar teaching on it um, twice over the past couple of weeks, but he is going through it word by word. And uh, I'm not, it's not my mission to do that. My mission is, so that we can understand that why we're here is to minister and to serve, just like Jesus. Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister and to serve. And I won't be complete and I won't be happy until I'm ministering and serving other people. Um, you know, I'm not, again, you know, we, we talk about being self-reliant and, you know, self-indulgent and all of those kind of things, but it's not God's way. God's ways in Matthew 11, 28, 29, he said, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek, I'm lowly, I'm teachable. So, but tonight I want to start off by reading, um, reading in about Philippians chapter 2. Just a couple of verses. Verses... Two and three from the Passion Translation. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity, and don't allow self-promotion to hide in your heart. (laughs) But in authentic humility, now that's the key to authentic humility, not the fake stuff. Have you ever seen the fake stuff? Sometimes it comes on people when they get ready to pray. They're talking normal until they get ready to pray the Lord's Prayer. And then it's, Our Father, Lord in heaven, holy is thy kingdom. Instead of using it as a pattern for prayer, it's turned into just a religious ritual. So, so we don't want to do that, right? We want to be authentic, 
authentic in humility, putting others first and viewing others as more important than ourselves. <laughs> we can all say amen to that, but, but you know, the generation we're living in is just not there yet. So now we're going to go to, um, matter of fact, we're in the other ditch. We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Yeah. This is such an exciting chapter, you're going to love it. Yeah, here it is. Um, but you need to be, again, the Passion Translation, I, I just enjoy reading it out of there right now because the King James gets kind of, it gets, this is fresh and new. But you need to be aware that in the final days, how many of you know this is today? The times of the Gentiles are almost fulfilled. But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. And money is not the root of all evil. How many of you know that? But the love of it, which North America is filled with, Hang it up right, right. Hang it up like I do at home, Nancy. Did you see that? No, no. <laughs> Obsessed with money. It's kind of like, you know, it's not about the tithe. It's about trust. Let's get real. If you really trust him, you'll tithe. If you don't, you won't. But I'm amazed that people think that they're gonna, he's going to split the sky and take them to heaven, but they can't trust him to make the, pay their bills. Like, give you a hit a shake. No, but I mean, I'm trust. What all, what I'm saying is, I'm trusting in my money more than I'm trusting in God. I'm trusting in my paycheck more than I'm trusting in God. And because of that, I'll move right across the country, move right away from a good church, find another place where there's no church, just so that I can make some money. I've watched it over thirty years. Let me tell you, I could tell you some stories, but but there's no point in doing that. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things, and they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families, working day and night. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. Now, Kreffler said ungodly means that you just ignore God. You know, God will talk about marriage and in, in fidelity, and, and we'll just shack up because we, we disregard what God said. Now, if that's your situation right now, please don't think I'm telling this to condemn you. I'm just saying this to wake you up, that there's a better way, there's a God way. When you do it God's way, you get the blessed way, right? So it says they will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, slaves of their desires, they will be ferocious, ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will not, they will yet, they will act rather without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in the clouds of their own conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than in the pleasures of God. You know, I'm looking forward for this COVID thing to lift, lift because I got two years of summer robbed from me by the devil. So I want to go to the beach somewhere. 
right? But there's another place that I'm looking more forward to than the beach. I've got family there already. Ephesians chapter 3 says that of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. One day you're going to walk into that airport and somebody's going to be holding up your sign, your name. Waiting for you to get there. Excited about your arrival. And when you get there, there'll be no squeaky, achy. I got a little bit of squeak and a little bit of ache here today, but it was self-inflicted. No, yesterday before I came here, I went to the gym and did the circuit twice. Because once wasn't enough, Pastor Paul, you know. And then I had to go to the to the uh, to the therapist later on yesterday afternoon, and then she pounded on me for an hour, and she said, "You better go home, stay home." I said, "I think I will." <laughs> but yeah, but it's good. That's it's it's life. It's life, and you know what? When you hear these people talk, they don't know it, but they're talking Bible. You know, you, you know. She said, "You're an athlete, and you've been an athlete for years. Don't say you're re- recovering. Say I'm an athlete, and I'm in training. What are you training for?" She said, "You need to be training so that you can go hiking again." She said, "You need to be training and declaring that you're going to ride a motorcycle again." She said, "It's time for you to come back to life." Wow. It's a good word for all of us, you know. Don't get settled into some place and thinking, "Well, I'll just coast from here on out." No, don't coast. Get after your, give it after yourself. There's so much more in you. And God will put his power with yours. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that's impossible. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, I don't want to read anymore. Is that okay if we just skip that now? Hallelujah. It's depressing. How about if we go to um, How about if we go to Proverbs chapter thirteen? Now I thought, wow, Creflo's going to preach that for a couple months. I couldn't do it. I'd be so depressed by the time we're over. <laughs> no, you know, you know, Joanne said it so well here earlier: righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness in the Holy Ghost, peace in the Holy Ghost, and joy in the Holy Ghost but it's all in the Holy Ghost. It's not in Holy Gary, right? And so when I cast all my care upon him because he cares for me and I'm sober and vigilant, I can walk in that place and his grace will be multiplied. Amen? Amen. 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 Where does that go now? Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13. That's Ecclesiastes. You all know this verse, I'm sure. Verse 10. Now think about every argument you've ever had. Every church split you've ever been through. Every vaccine or non-vaccine that you've ever faced. And see if this is not the truth. Only by pride. Only by pride comes contention. I can respect your opinion, even though it's not like mine. And I don't have to tear you up because you don't agree with me. Right? 
Matter of fact, like I said on Sunday, if we both sit on the same side of the desk, we can put our problems in front of us instead of having them between us. And that's the way it's supposed to be in the kingdom of God. You know how good and pleasant it is when you dwell together in unity. He's not talking about union, not saying you all got to be plumbers. He's saying, no, no, you need to learn to work together, bringing your various gifts to the table and not opposing one another. I don't do things the way that you do. You don't do things the way that I do. But I must always respect you and respect your choice. That's the thing about God that you'll find. He'll let you go to hell. <laughs> no, he will. He respects your choice. He'll tell you that he didn't want you to, but like if you want to go, he's not going to fight you on it. So only by pride comes contention. But that which is well advised comes wisdom. Well, let's read the, the Passion Translation of this too. Wisdom opens up your heart to receive wise counsel. But pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth to quarrels and strife. Wow, isn't that true? Yeah. How about another one? How about Proverbs 16, 18? We looked at it on, on um, Sunday. Let's pay, for, pay another visit. Because this is really good, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. In the in the Passion Translation, it says, "Your boasting becomes a prophecy of your future failure. The higher you lift yourself up in pride, the harder you'll fall in disgrace." Well, you know this this is not a condemning message. This is going to help me. Say, this is going to help me. Because, because I need to keep my focus on other people. I have found that I'm so much happier when I'm praying for and being and caring about other people instead of what about me, what about me, what about me? When am I going to get mine? I, you know, when you think about the things that we ask the Lord for that he's already given us, a lot of our prayer life is just a waste of breath because he only hears the prayer of faith and he's not going to hear, have Listen to prayers that for things that he's already done for you. Oh, God, please heal me. Please heal me. Too late. Lord, I thank you I received my healing. Thank you, Lord, that your word is working mightily in me. Thank you, Lord, you know, for Psalm 91, that even though COVID is in my house right now, I declare that, and it's not. Okay, don't panic. No plague. No, but the weapon that he gave you is no plague will come near my dwelling. So if you'll read that and think, well, it's too late, it didn't work. Yeah, it's there for you to work. It's there for you to work. You're snared, Proverbs 6.2 says, you're snared by the words of your mouth. And in Matthew uh, chapter 12, he said, only by your words, only by your words, only by your words, not what somebody else says about you, but only by your words will you be justified, and only by wor your words will you be condemned. So no one else can condemn you either. Again, that that goes back to the truth of, um, of um, see, it goes back to the truth. <laughs> Numbers 23, 19. God said he commanded a blessing upon you and he won't reverse it. So if he blessed me and he won't reverse it, who can reverse it? Only me. How? By being snared by the words of my mouth, by talking negative trash, by, you know, so... So your boast becomes a prophecy of your future failure. The higher you lift yourself up in pride, the harder you fall in disgrace. Ouch. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me. 
So I think I better just renew my joy, and I think I better just re renew my strength. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse 19, better is a humble and lowly spirit and lowly than, than this, the, divide the spoil of the proud. So my takeaway from that is don't look down on yourself, but don't look at yourself at all. Like when he said esteeming others higher than yourself, he didn't mean that you were to look down on yourself. That's not humility. Matter of fact, that's just another, that's another form of pride. That's the other end of the stick. The other end of the stick is uh, uh, inferiority and, um, and uh, introversion and all of those kind of things. We think we're doing those things and it makes us humble. No, it's pride. Pride is any time that it's about you. What will they think about me? And again, I like to point this out every time. They're not thinking about you. In this world, it's pretty sure that they're not there yet. So don't look down on yourself. Don't look at all. Amen. Okay, chapter 18. How about chapter 17? 17, 14. I, I, liked, I remember one time Lauren Rostowski taught this over in St. John's, Newfoundland. And uh, you know, to the King James, it says, the beginning of strife is as one lets out water. But when you read it in the Hebrew, it's talking about water of the feet. It's talking about having a pee. It's saying once you start, wait, hold that. No, no. This. <laughs> no, I remember one time we, uh, yeah, we were driving through, through Dallas. Dallas is a big city. In Dallas, they had all the signs torn down because they were doing renovations. And I needed a pee so bad. I mean, it was hurting for certain. I, Nancy's looking at me saying, when is she? It just came to mind. <laughs> and I was looking for a place called Mesquite, Texas. And I said, Nancy, and there was traffic everywhere. You, you know, eight lanes of traffic. I said, Nancy, if we don't get out of here soon, I'm going to get out and pee right on the side of the car. And I wasn't kidding because I'm not going to sit there and pee up. Okay. Finally, no, finally I saw a hotel, and I pulled off to the side of the road, went skidding across past where you check in. <laughs> so whenever I read this verse, that's what I think about. When you get ready to let out water, you better have a place to do it, okay? <laughs> this is a Thursday night crowd. Pardon? Well. <laughs> No, but in traffic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were there. You're a witness. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, but, but in the Passion, it says, don't be one who's quick to quarrel, for an argument is hard to stop. <laughs> you like that one better, Nancy? <laughs> and you never know how it will end, so even, don't even start down that road. Well, that part really, really, I can relate to don't start that, down that road because I wouldn't have went if I had known. Okay, 18, 12. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. Right? The passion just brings this alive too. A man's heart is proudest when his downfall is nearest. 
for he won't see the glory. Yeah, but here's the key. He won't see the glory until he sees humility. We're all wanting, you know, we're, we're all quoting Habakkuk 2.14, that his glory will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. We want to see the glory, but we need to do the humility. It's like people are praying, oh, God, heal our nation, heal our nation. Well, stop murdering babies in the womb. Like, if you really want God to intervene, then you, you, you ought to begin to cooperate with him. You can't just say, let's go back to normal when gas was a good price and everything was, and I'll just live the same sloppy life I was living before. No, it's about it. This is a time of change, and it's a positive change. Hallelujah. How about Proverbs 28? And again, I like to point out there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. You can read one every day of the month. And I'm sure that that's why they're in here like that. And when you finish, you can go back to the start because the guy that wrote them was the wisest man that ever lived, other than Jesus. The wealthiest man, too, by the way. 28, where did I say 25? 28, 25. He that is of a proud heart stirs up strife. But he that puts his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. Hmm. I like that. Hallelujah. Made fat. Sounds like barbecue to me. Fat. Made fat. It's interesting, too, what God, whenever they would sacrifice the animals, God said, the fat's mine. You ever notice that? <laughs> I said, God. <laughs> That may be taken a little out of context, but it's fine, okay. Okay, 29, 23. So 23 says, a man's pride shall make, shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble spirit. Lift yourself up with pride and you will soon be brought low, but a meek and humble spirit will add to your honor. About that. Of course, now if you're going to go anywhere, we got to go. We got to go to. Um, how about Micah? Chapter seven. Again, this is familiar stuff. Micah chapter seven. If you can find the pages and they're not stuck together too bad. Just before Nahum, another well-read book. <laughs> How about Jonah? We all know Jonah, right? He had some pride and got barfed out on the beach by a fish. So um, his pride brought him low. Okay, Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. Look, this is so key. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Wow. He's shown you, O oh man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly? And justly is simply to walk according to the principles of God. He's the king, and he's, and he's ruling over a kingdom. You know, and he rules... In righteousness, justice and righteousness are the same thing. 
And he said he called us to walk in righteousness. How do I do that? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to do it out of my flesh, and I'm not going to do it as some kind of religious activity. I'm going to receive by faith the righteousness of God, the peace of God, the joy in the Holy Ghost. It's there for me, for you. No, no, it's, it's like because we get this idea that love is a feeling. But love is not a feeling. Love is something that you do. How many of you know that, if you, don't look at your mate or anything, but, but, you know, you don't always feel the love. Well, I mean, Dana and Joanne do. I was... <laughs> no, but a lot of times we'll plead the promises of God without obeying the principles of God. That's what he's saying here. So love isn't a feeling. It's something that you do. Becoming what someone needs is what, what real, real love is. That, no, but this is, how, this is how, how the Lord identified himself to Moses. Moses, he, Moses said, who am I going to say he sent me? He said, you tell them that I am what I am. And, that, what, what, and again, and I will be what you need me to be. That's basically what he was saying. Whatever you, come in, can you believe this? Whatever you need me to be, that's what I'll be. Wow. Whatever you need. And again, I'm convinced of this too. The best way to get rid of your problems is to go solve someone else's. And you just forget about yourself. Forget about yourself. How's that song go? And worship me. But, you know, but again, you know, before there's ever any promotion, there's always a test of character. And there's a test of integrity. And carrot is the fruit of submission. That's what character is. Lord. Well, again, uh, uh, you know, if you go to, we won't go there right now, but Peter 5, 5 is so good. He opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself. He's not going to humble you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he'll exalt you in due time. By casting the whole of your care upon him, which tells me that if I'm in care, I'm in pride. If I'm in care, I'm in pride. I'm still thinking that I can fix it. I'm still thinking that I can do it. I'm still self-reliant. So casting the whole of your care upon him for he cares for you. What's my part? To be sober, to be vigilant. Because my adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. But I resist him... What am I resisting? Well, James 4, 6 says that you resist pride. You know, you submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's verses 7 and 8. He's telling you that when you resist pride, you're resisting the devil. Why? Because he is pride. It's all he is. A big windbag full of pride. That's who he is. No, but it's the truth. Well, and here's, here's how you can tell that you're in submission to the Lord as well. Uh, when you're doing things that you really don't want to do. No, you can always test yourself. Go do something that you really don't want to do, and that's called humility. <laughs> 
I love when the pastor has me do this. I love when the pastor gets me up to speak. Now, I remember a friend of mine, Jim Brown, when he left here, he was a member of Rock Church, and, and we had been planning to go to Rama Bible School. And uh, our house in Fall River was sold. A pilot from, from uh, Newfoundland was going to buy it. And then the, 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 something happened in the airline back then, too, and the deal fell through, and so we were stuck here. But Jim and Rachel Ann Brown took off, and they flew down there. And he owned the business that I worked for at the time, Eastern Chemicals. Well, when they got him down there, big shot, and I'm not, Jim, if you're watching, I know you watch. You understand, I'm just telling the truth about what happened. He went down there expecting some kind of, expecting, he, what he wasn't expecting was go clean the toilets. But that's what has to happen in order for somebody to humble themselves, Right. And so he had to do that. And I was here and I didn't have to. And I was, no, but the cool, it worked out so cool. It worked out cool for us because we were going to um, Ramah so that we could get in the ministry. And it was only a short time later, a few months later, that Buddy and Pat Harrison were preaching over in Newfoundland and up in New Brunswick. And I met them and I sat with Buddy in a doctor's living room for four or five hours. And, uh, and, you know, he knew our story. He said, I'm going to ordain you. I'll be up here in a couple months. I'll be up in Moncton. And, and so we, we skipped the whole two-year deal and got ordained. And not only, that, not only that, he spoke into our lives for years. We went down there one time to a conference. And when the conference was over, it was Gary and Nancy that were out with Buddy and Pat in a little restaurant having breakfast the day after. We were so honored, you know. I mean, God honored us, right? And so it was to do, when I look back over all these years, it was to do everything that we did. And the best is yet to be. I said, and the best is yet to be. No, if you don't realize, you must realize, I say it all the time, the devil is attacking so hard because the revival is about to bust yes. out. Yes. You know, in 1937 was the first time they made a dime with the blue nose on it. Did you know that? But back in, back in uh, the days of awe, back in September, they came up with another one. It wasn't released on November, but they came up with another one. A hundred years later, during the days of awe, the festivals of the Jews, only this time it's got blue water on it and the sails are full of air. Because God is going to turn this nation on a dime. No, the, you know, like you can, we're not saying if you're pro or con to what the truckers are doing or anything. I thank God that, that, that there's a noise going on in Canada. And we, got, we, we got people fighting for freedom. And I'm not taking one side to the other side. I'm saying, I'm saying, go for it. Go for it. And now I just looking today and the bridge from Detroit over to Windsor, totally blocked off with trucks. And who would have thought that God would use truck divers? To, you, can't, you can't box God into something. People are upset with it. I'm thrilled. I'm telling you right now. I'm thrilled to see. No, but in America, they had a Boston Tea Party, and they, they, they fought over everything. They, they fought against each other for a couple of years, right? 
when they couldn't find anybody else to fight with. But but Canada has always been just lay down and take it. Gas prices higher than they've ever been. Trudeau hiding somewhere in Ottawa. But I know that nothing of value comes easy. Requires discipline, and sometimes it requires some ridicule. Sometimes you're going to get people that don't like you and are going to make fun of you and all that, but just keep going. It's all going to be good. Matthew chapter 15, please. Settle down there. Ushers, do we have any ushers here? Today? <laughs> I know why I've been having trouble seeing this stuff. My glasses are down there in my vest in my pocket. Except for my faraway ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I need to... I, I'm having another eye exam on um, the 16th of March because after the blood started going in my eyes again, I can see much better than I could before. And so and so the glasses, all my glasses are messed up. Oh, James, you know, I'm not going to... There's no way. Thank you. But, but I tell you right now, you're like, you're like the guys that went and got a glass of water for David. He went and got the glass of water for David, and he poured it out on the ground. He, he, said, he said, you went to so much trouble to get that, I must respect you by not using them. Okay. <laughs> now, in Matthew 15, verse 22, we, we read about a woman in, from Canaan. And the Lord's going to say something about her and the centurion in Matthew chapter 8. He's going to say the same thing about those, both of those guys. Greater faith than this I haven't seen in all of Israel. But they weren't Jews. These guys didn't have any religious upbringing. And so when they heard about the Lord, they believed it and acted on it. Isn't that amazing? They had nothing to renew in their heads. Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Centurion, a Roman centurion. Now we're looking at a Syrophoenician woman. A woman from Canaan came out from the coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. Have hesed on me, Yeshua ben David. Show me covenant kindness. She must have heard other people call him that because it wasn't her revelation. And I think because it wasn't her revelation, she didn't get an answer either. Have mercy on me, O Lord. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil, but he didn't even answer. He didn't even answer her. Wow. Tough going for this woman. And his disciples besought him and said, send her away. She's crying about after us. <laughs> but he answered and said, I'm not sent on, but unto the lost sheep of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him. Oh, I love this. I love this. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. Don't quit. I don't care what people say to you. You just keep worshiping him. Keep worshiping him and he'll, and, and he'll come through. He will come through for you. Because worship is real faith. And worship is real prayer. I'm convinced that the prayer that we do in the new covenant is mostly praise and worship. Because he already did everything for us. He already did Ephesians 1, 3, 4. Already blessed us with all the blessings. And so when I come and pray... And as for those blessings, it's too late. He already did. He said, I can't answer that prayer. 
you know, you, you must believe that I exist and, I, and come to me in faith and that I reward those that diligently seek me. But you can't be asking me to do something that I've already done because there's not an ounce of faith in that. Oh, God, meet my financial needs. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, am I saying that I can't ask for my... No, my, my attitude is, Lord, I, just, I want to worship you today because you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. I worship you because you don't lead me into temptation. You deliver me from evil. I thank you, Lord, that you give me my daily bread. I thank you, Lord, that I've been young and now I'm older, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. So then she came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. He answered her and nodded and said, the children's, but see, you need to underline this too. The children's bread is healing. It belongs to us. Are you going to have to fight for it? You, anything you get in faith you're gonna, is a fight. You're going to fight for it. But if you don't quit, I promise you, victory will always be yours. Fight. Get up and fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Fight. Fight. Ego needs am I. Fight. 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 Healing is the children's bread, and I can't take it and cast it to dogs. Wow, this conversation is really going downhill, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but if somebody called you a dog, you might want to back off. I think he heard her saying all these things, but the teacher never responds to the student while he's writing the exam. So sometimes when you're praying and asking God for things, it's your test. It's your faith. And if he doesn't answer, it's because he's standing there waiting for you to come up with the answer. So why? So that you can feel good about being you. So that you can say, I persevered past the persecution. I penetrated the promises of God. Hallelujah. But this woman said, I'm too desperate to be denied. I'm not asking you to give me someone else's portion. What they are careless about and let drop out from the, on the floor is what I, what I want. What they don't take, what they neglect, let me have that part. It's falling on the floor. She said the crumbs are falling off the master's table because these people aren't taking their portion. So I'm not I'm not coveting their portion, what they're but what they're careless about, just let it drop to me. So 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 much humility and all that too, you know. And too desperate to be denied. Too desperate to be denied. Don't quit, don't cave in. Yep, I'm a dog. But I'm a desperate dog and I'll never give up. Because I found out that humility releases the grace of God. Whew, whew, whew. Humility releases the grace. I heard Charles Spurgeon, as uh, uh, Marie LeBlanc gave me a new Bible back a few months ago, and I, I just started reading it. I, it's like it's a very expensive Bible, and it's filled with Charles Hayden Spurgeon's notes. But what he said was, he said, I see people walking around puffed up. He said, I'm just laying here before the ground cross. This a mighty man said, I'm just so grateful that 
that I'm saved. I'm so thankful that I'm saved. I'm not demanding anything. I'm just, I'm just staying in that grateful place. If you, if you knew what you had, you'd be there too, right? But again, you know, she, your faith won't work when failures are in your mouth. You know, you got to know that. She didn't come with her failures. She didn't bring that up at all. Hallelujah. And one day she went from no faith to great faith. It was an awesome thing. Anyway, humility. Let's look at Matthew 16, 24, and then we'll be done. How about that? Brother James. Hallelujah. The kingdom keys are good when you have a king. Verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples. Deny yourself. Now these guys were arguing over who was going to be the best in the kingdom. <laughs> they, these were, they were with them for three years and they were still dealing with that. So whatever you've been dealing with, you can hang in there, right? Hallelujah. If any man comes after me, let him not be self-centered, self-promoting, self-reliant, not contentious, not demanding, not critical. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whoever loses life for my sake will find it. Do I have that in another translation before we close? Let me look and see. Yes, I do. <laughs> then Jesus said to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continue, here's the key word here, as you continually surrender. This is not a one-time deal. It's like faith. Faith is not a one-time deal. Faith is always in a state of flux. If you're not constantly renewing your mind by the word of God, Kenneth E. Hagin said it this way, your mind stays renewed like your hair stays combed. It just doesn't happen. Unless you're Cyril. <laughs> Hallelujah. When your hair is gone, but you want to move on, Rogaine. <laughs> As you continually surrender to my ways, you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory. You will continue to discover the true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you're trying to keep. Hmm. Hallelujah. Matthew 16. Did it, did it say that? Okay. I just found another version of it. <laughs> Where is that in? Yeah, well, let me read it anyway. We'll find out where it came from later. <laughs> no, it's good. We'll close here. In the same way, you younger ones should willingly support the leadership in every relationship. Ouch. I'd like to read that for anybody watching online tonight. In the same way, you younger ones should willingly support the leadership in every relationship, 
Each of you must wrap yourself around the apron of a humble servant because God resists you when you're proud and multiplies grace and favor to you when you are humble. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Well, this is Peter 5. Yeah. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he tenderly cares for you. Be well balanced and always alert. Your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles that you're enduring. After your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you on to, to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. Amen. Amen to that. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. Thank you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.